This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I'm, we're on a series, and I'm preaching on kingdoms, which is a title of the series. And uh, we're talking about that, that there are two kingdoms on the earth. Amen? And there, you know, you can just look around. You can see that, you know, there's the kingdom of God. And there's the kingdom of the devil, which is the kingdom of darkness. And these kingdoms oppose one another. And so, you know, as we uh, get, as we, you know, as you get saved, you come into the kingdom of light, you have to learn to adjust. Has anybody adjusted a little bit? In other words, you can't keep living the same way you lived before you got into the kingdom of light. Amen. In other words, you're going to have to start doing some things differently and you're going to have to you know, you're going to have to work with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, and start walking the way that God wants us to walk. Amen. And, yes. you know, you can't you know, we can't be doing the things that we used to do, you know, like getting even with our enemies. Amen. Have you ever heard that saying, I don't get mad. I just get even. Amen. Anybody ever anybody ever said that? I, I don't get mad. I just get even. And uh, so, amen, I, I've said that before, amen, and, um, or, or wait until you go to sleep at night. Your wife may have said that to you, some of the husbands, wait until you go to sleep tonight, you know, wait, wait until I make dinner for you tomorrow, right? Do you know where the arsenic at, is located, you know? So uh, anyway, but we, we don't act like that, amen? Uh, so we really, we have to, we got, we have to operate in the kingdom of light, it's really operating in the kingdom of love. And so, you know, we've been talking about that the devil, he tried to exalt himself over God because he wants to be like God. And, uh, you know, he made his decrees and, and he wants, he wants to be exalted. You know, the devil wants to be exalted. And, uh, of course, you know, God is, you know, God is the only one that we should be worshiping and exalting. Amen. And so the devil, you know, fell because of his pride. And we talked about, you know, that the devil is the king of pride. And uh, so if you if you look at Jesus, Jesus is the king of humility. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the humble servant. He, he said he didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for each one of us. And so we need to we need to start studying a little bit about Jesus, about his humility and so he was so humble, the Bible said, that he humbled himself even to go to the cross. And, every, you know, if we want, you know, if you want to stay humble, we should always keep looking at Jesus. And really, we need to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. Yes. And it should humble us yes. because Jesus paid this awesome price uh, so we could have freedom. Jesus took the punishment of our sins. Amen. And so we don't, you know, we don't have to pay for our, our sin. And in, in, in other words, we don't have to pay, you know, the price for our sins. We've been redeemed from, from the curse of the law. Amen. And so the bottom line is this, that Jesus paid for it on the cross and it should, it should humble us. And uh, it should, you know, out of just what Jesus has done for us, it should compel us to do something for Jesus. Amen. We should we should be compelled because of what he did for us. We should be compelled to do something for him. 
and we should and we should be compelled to do that. So 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 we're talking about uh, in, in the first couple of sessions, we talked about humility versus pride. And, and, and I talked about that pride is wants to be exalted. A person that has pride wants to be exalted, wants people to pat them on the back. But humility really is trusting God and trusting in God, you know, rewarding the person in humility than men. Amen. And so we, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not putting our trust and faith in men, but we're putting our trust and faith in God. Amen. And so and, and so the kingdom operates, you know, it, it, it opposes one another in the way it functions. And so today I want to talk to you about that uh, the, the kingdom of darkness operates in fear. And the kingdom of light operates in love. And, you know, and so we we have to understand this. And when we start walking with God, you know, we want to make sure that we're operating as serving God out of love and not out of fear of reaping the whirlwind. Amen. Uh, when you when, let's look at a, a scripture and I went to this scripture last week, but I think it's, it's worth going to again. It's in Isaiah one and, uh, and is Isaiah one. Let's turn there and we're going to look at Isaiah one verse 19 and, um, it's really powerful scripture here. And let's look at this and let's 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 back up to 18. And it says here in Isaiah 1, 18, it says, come now, let us reason, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are uh, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And I love that. Because what, what the Lord is saying through Isaiah here, he's saying, listen, you know, we want to make sure, like I said, when we get into this kingdom, that we're working with God. And, 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 and Isaiah is saying, let us reason together. It's, it's reasonable to hook up with God. Amen. It's unreasonable to hook up with the devil. Amen. And so he's saying, let us come together. And what God is saying here, he's saying that, you know, I'm the one that's going to, I have the power to wash all your sins away. Amen. And he and he's saying, you know, we need to come to him and allow him and his blood to wash our sins away. And then he says here, and I believe that he's really calling out to the sinner and he's calling out to those that may be disobedient. He said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. And so really, uh, it, it, you know, when you study the Bible out and you study the Old Testament, you'll find that God, you know, has a people called the Israelites and he loved these people and um, and he wanted them to walk close with him and he wanted them to be close. And and a lot of times he, and what he would do is he would bless them. And when they got blessed, they started forgetting about God and they started focusing on the blessing. And then and then at some point they started thinking that they were the source of their own blessing. And I, it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm going to say this to you today. Can I get out of my chair? Okay, I want to say this to you today. You know, you're not the source of your blessing. You know, you may have some talents. 
you may have some abilities. Some of you might have some brains in here. Does anybody have any brains in here? You might be smart, but don't, you know, like I said last week, we don't want to be focused on that, but we, you know, we don't want to focus on our giftings. You know, our giftings can take us places, amen, but our character will keep us in in the place. And so we don't want to get caught up in all that. And sometimes we can get caught up in making money and doing well, and we start forgetting God. And it's unfortunate. And, um, and so, you know, the Bible says uh, a fool and his money will ser- soon part. <laughs> and so we don't want to be foolish when God's blessing us. And so, and so, it, so with, within the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they would go back and forth from serving God. And then, then they wouldn't, then when they started bowing down to other gods and they started, you know, standing on their own sufficiency, then God, then the hedge came down and the enemy would come in and humble them. And then they would get back to God. It would be like a roller coaster, you know, of life. I don't like roller coasters. Well, I do like roller coasters, but. What I don't really like is those, those you know, at, at the amusement parks, those things that go, you know, kind of swing around and go up and down like this, up and down. It makes, it gets me a little nauseous. And I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I don't like to do that in my walk with Christ. I don't want to be up and down, up and down, up and down. I want to stay steady in Christ. Can I get an amen here? Amen. And so this is what I'm going to say to you today is, is that we, we need to learn to, you know, today is we need to learn to understand that God loves us with an everlasting love. And, and the thing is, is that when he, cre- you know, he never created us to really be in a battle with the devil. Amen. But, you know, Adam and Eve had the power, you know, when God created Adam and Eve and he put them in a perfect atmosphere, you know, and he, they were in the Garden of Eden. They had everything. Uh, Adam had the perfect job in naming the animals. Uh, he had the perfect wife, uh, Eve. Eve had the perfect husband. You know, I like to say they were, you know, with Eve, there was no competition. Amen. And so, you know, they were in a perfect situation. But the, but the enemy of their souls tempted them. And, you know, listen, uh, the devil's going to try to tempt some of us Amen. to go the wrong way. And, and the enemy tempted Adam and Eve, got them looking at something that they shouldn't have looked at, got them looking at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then, you know, they started buying into Eve, started buying into the idea that they could actually be just like God, knowing good and evil and that they that they could actually unhook and be, you know, uh, they could stand alone in their own power. But listen, we can't stand alone in our own power. You need God. Man without God is like fish out of the ocean. You take a fish out of the ocean, that fish will soon start to smell and die. And a man without God will, will stink. Amen? And you can look at people that don't have God in their life, and you can see that their lives, you know, they may look good on the outside, but if you take a closer look at people that don't have God in their life, their life is messed up. They may look good on the outside. They may be making money. They may look good, but look at their inner life. 
And you find this out all the time. You see these celebrities and they and they seem to have all the perfect marriage, everything. And then you see the tabloids. They're breaking up. They, they got issues. Amen. Because, listen, I'm going to say this. Men and people and even your spouse cannot satisfy what God can satisfy. And you can't make your spouse God. Amen. You can't make your children God. You can't make your boss God. You can't make the, 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 your mentor God. You have to make God God in your life. And a lot of times we're shifting and we're allowing other things to come in and to push out God in our life. So, so Adam and Eve, what they did, they, they sinned that day and, and, uh, and they ate the, from the tree the knowledge of good and evil. And God, and God came down to, to, you know, speak to them, to, to have sweet communication with them. And what happened? You know, they, they heard the sound of God. And, and, they, and they hid themselves from God. One of the first things that happened when they received the fruit is they realized that they had no clothes on. They realized that they were naked. Listen, us without Jesus, we're naked. Us without Jesus, we're broke. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Us without Jesus, we got to be clothed in Jesus. Amen. Jesus gave a parable of, 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 um, of people being in the wedding feast and talking about heaven. And there was a person there that did not have wedding clothes on. And, and, and they saw that person. He said, get that guy out of here. Amen. In other words, you've got to be clothed with Jesus to walk in the blessings of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we have to be clothed. We can't be clothed in self-righteousness. We can't be clothed in our own goodness. We can't be clothed in that. we got to be clothed in Jesus. And so what happened was they lost the glory of God and they sowed fig leaves to cover themselves. Amen. And and that is a form of religion. You see, listen, uh, pride and fear are closely linked. And I'm talking to you about fear today. Fear will try to, when we're in fear, we'll try to cover up our problems. When we're in fear, we don't want to look at our problems. In fear, we want to make, we want to make it look like that we don't have any problems. Amen. You know, people of this world, they don't want to admit that they have any, they don't want to admit some people that don't know God. They don't want to admit that they have sin in their life. They don't want to admit that they're bad people. And I know they're, you know, we all can do good works, but if we are not in the kingdom of God, Jesus says we're, we're evil people by nature. We're self-centered people by nature. I'm telling you, when you get Jesus in your life, hopefully self-centeredness leaves your life. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so and so what happened was when Adam and Eve, when they partook of, of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, they they sowed fig leaves. They hid. And this is this is what what the enemy's trying to do to some of us. He's trying to get us in fear of God, serving God. And what he wants also to do is get us in a place of shame. And listen, the enemy will always try to work shame in a Christian's life. How does shame come into our life? Well, as a Christian, if you know that you need to be doing some right things and you're doing wrong things, shame and condemnation will come in. Amen. Amen. 
And we, we, and, but, but even if we are doing some right things, if we keep thinking about the things that we've done wrong in our past, shame will stay in our equation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we got to be very careful. You know, some of us, uh, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist and I want to do it. How many people like to do it? Perfect. Amen. And I like to do it perfect. But listen, there was only one that has done it perfect. And that's Jesus. And they killed him over that. He was the perfect savior. And I'm going to say this to you today, that even though some of us are perfect, the enemy will get us when sometimes we slip and fall and we can be self-condemning. And when we're self-condemning, that works in fear. We start looking at ourselves lower than we should or lower than we ought. And the enemy can keep us in a box, per se. And so I like this because uh, Paul, he dealt with, you know, Paul dealt with some weaknesses in his life. The apostle Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. One of the greatest apostles that had ever lived and had so much revelation of God. He dealt with some issues in his life. And he talks about it in, in, in Romans 6 and 7. And he talks about the things that he wanted to do, he doesn't. And the things he doesn't do, he, that he should be doing, he, he doesn't do. And the things that he does, he doesn't want to do. And he, says that, and he says there's sin working on the inside, yes. trying to get him to do the wrong things. Yes. Amen. But, but then, you know, in Romans 8, let's look at that. In, he finally gets to the grip. Uh, uh, to the matter. And in Romans a one, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus for the law. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So I'm going to say this, that fear, uh, perfect love. It says this in first John, it says perfect love Cast out fear. And, and what is fear? Fear, it basically, what John was saying in his writings, he says fear is, is, a, uh, is a dread of punishment. It's a dread that we're going to be punished for the wrong things that, that we have done. So, so this is the thing. We are Christians. The blood of Jesus is designed to wash and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when we mess up, we have to fess up and then allow the blood of Jesus to wash us. And then we need to walk away from that condemnation spirit that wants to hang on to us. And so a lot of times what we do is the enemy will try to play a picture or, or try to bring up in your memory something you've done wrong in the past and try to keep us in this place of condemnation. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so if he, if the enemy can keep us in a, well, you know, like I'm saying, like if you have a perfectionist attitude, you know, the enemy would say you could be doing more. <laughs> you could be, you know what I'm talking about? You could be doing more, man. You're not saving the world. You didn't get up and do this and do that. God's not like that. First of all, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. The enemy is the one that tries to drive us to do things. But we're led by the spirit of God. You're not called to save the entire world. Amen on that. 
Praise God. And you're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not called to be the Holy Spirit to everybody either. All right. Don't shout me down. Tell everybody what they're doing wrong. You're not called to be their Holy Spirit. Well, let me see. I see your problem. I see where your where your problem's at. Well, you better check out. You better check out the log that's in your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And a lot of times what 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 uh, fear does, it deflects. When we're in fear, we want to deflect, you know, our issue and deflect it and look at other people's issues. You see, when when God said, what happened, Adam? What happened, Eve? Eve said, well, it's that serpent you made. (laughs) She deflected it back to the serpent. He deceived me, you know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's called the blame game. So he deceived me. And, and God said, oh, man, why couldn't she just repent? Why couldn't she just fess up like, hey, man, I messed up. God, I messed up. And, uh, and then Adam, <laughs> what's going on here? Well, it's that woman you gave me, God. You created her. She, had, she took it first. And she was so gorgeous and beautiful. She just sucked me into it. You know, I couldn't. I could. You know, I'm gaga around her. You, you made her that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I couldn't say no to her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and you know, and God, you, you gave me her. And so in a sense, he was deflecting. You know, he was in fear. He didn't want to get punished for it. So he was throwing his wife under the bus. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Have you ever thrown anybody under the bus? And so you, when you were kids, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, and you have brother, you have siblings, and you'll throw your sibling under the bus. Anybody? Down? I remember. Uh, yeah, praise God, I want to go there. <laughs> oh Lord, it, you know, I was, I guess, I was, I was pretty blessed. It seemed like my younger brother got busted, my older brother got busted, and I learned how to <laughs> work. Say, I'm the good son, <laughs> you know, and so and so what happens is that that fear uh, is produced by a, a feeling of inferiority or or, a, a, you know, you ever heard of an inferiority complex? And, and and we start we start thinking of ourselves a lot less. You know, God thinks of you higher than you realize. And he thinks of you so high he was willing to give his son Jesus for you. I mean, you are his highest creation. The Bible says that he crowns us with glory and honor. And so he loves you with an everlasting love. We got to get a revelation of this, that God is for you and not against you. And, And God is not working against you this morning. You know, you may be encountering some issues and some problems, but you know, I, whenever I'm encountering some issues, when things are coming against me, first I look to myself. Am I opening some doors for the enemy? If I'm reaping what I'm sowing, am I opening some doors, or you know, or is or is the enemy just attacking me? Because the, the devil will ta- listen. The devil will come against you no matter what. If you mess up, he's going to definitely come against you. But even if you're doing some right things, bet your bottom dollar there's going to be some opposition, and the devil's going to come against you in that area too. But what, what's the solution to that? You've got to keep standing and keep standing and keep standing. So fear, the enemy's trying to get some of us 
in fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Try to keep us from moving forward in God. Amen. Amen. And so and so with with Adam and Eve, they had fear in their equation. And so and so this is what I want to say to you today. If you got you got to be motivated. And I like to say this in the kingdom of God, you need to be reward motivated. Amen. Amen. And we need to be motivated by the reward. Let's look at something here. Let's look at Genesis 12. And I'm going to say this, that anytime we sacrifice anything for God, there's a reward for that. And we need to, we need to be, as, or as we walk with Christ, we need to be reward motivated uh, in, in, in serving the Lord. And if we, if we have this attitude that we're reward motivated, it, we're going to serve him in a positive attitude. And we don't want to be motivated by fear. On the other side, if we don't serve him, that we're going to reap the whirlwind. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So I'm, I'm, I'm presenting this to you this morning, that God is a rewarding God. Amen. And he's looking to bless people. He hurts to bless us. In Hebrews eleven six, it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Yes. Amen. So what? So my Bible says, man, if God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, I want some rewards. How many people like rewards out here? Amen. I'm a reward. I like you know I I, I you know I did a bodybuilding contest. I've told you this before, and. Um, I'm thinking about going, doing some more competition, maybe doing something local. But anyway, um, and I did a body bodybuilding contest. They had a lot of people in that contest. Over twenty, I think, over twenty thousand people. It was one of the huge, largest, and it's for average people. It's for average people to look good. Amen. Are you here? How many people are average? Out? Okay, won't go there. But it's for average people to look good. And I, you know, I did everything I could. To, to win the contest, it, I think it was like a $50,000 prize. And I did everything, man. I worked it. I ate right. I, I, I held off on the Oreos. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I actually had to do it twice because I cheated the first. And you do it for 12 months. You work out and you eat right. And, you know, it, you know it's a lot of suffering, a lot of pain to do all that stuff. You know, the, go the way of the flesh is easy. You know, to discipline yourself, it's difficult. And so I did that, and I had to write a little essay of what I learned through it, and, they, and I didn't win. <laughs> I got an oversized T-shirt. <laughs> you, know, you hear what I'm saying to you today? I, you know, that wasn't the $50,000 reward I thought I was going to get. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe the lighting wasn't right when I took my photos. I don't know, but, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, the reward, I, I, you know, we're always looking for the reward. Amen. You know, you guys may remember this story when I was in, uh, it was, I think it was second grade and they had this big thing in the library that you had to, you had to um, collect Campbell's Soup labels. And I don't know what you had for that. I guess Campbell's Soup was given so much money for a label where you can get more library books. And so, and, and, and the person that had the most would get a prize. And so that the next summer I thought they're going to do this. So I'm going to collect all the camel soup labels I can, cause I want the reward. And so I came in there that next, that next year with all these camels and they said, we're not doing it this year. 
It's nothing worse than working hard, doing everything you can, and not getting the reward. Amen. Amen. And uh, last time, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And this is what the enemy will do. It's, uh, there's a point to what I'm saying here this morning, so, so, so stick with me. The enemy will try to get you to believe serving God, there's no reward in it. He will try to get you to believe it's too much work to serve God. It's too much to get up on Sunday mornings and come to church. It's just too much. You know, you, you, you don't have to be that committed. So the devil will try to con you in this idea that serving God, you know, eh, you know you, you'll be okay if, you, if you're just kind of half-baked in serving God. That you don't have to really give God everything. That you don't really have to put God first. That, that you can be kind of a lack. And then, he, of course, the enemy will always show you these Christians that don't go to church, taking vacations every other week, you know. And they're under the guise of grace, you know, and, and they're not really serving God. And, and the enemy will try to get you looking at people that seem to be doing well and not really serving God. And you think, well, I could do that, too. Amen. Listen, you're going to reap what you sow eventually. And you may not see you may not see the blessing right up front, but eventually you keep sowing. You keep doing good. You keep doing the right things. Good things will happen. If you don't grow weary in well-doing, you will, you will reap if you faint not. Amen. So in Genesis here, uh, you know, God was speaking to Abram, and he said, Listen, I want you to leave your household. I want you to separate yourself, because they were idolatry. They, they, they worshipped other gods. He had to separate himself from, from this losing system he was in. And, and God promised them some things. And, and that's why I'm saying that God is reward. You know, God wants us to be reward motivated. It says here in, in 12, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. Reward. I will bless you. Reward. I'll make your name great. Reward. And you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. Reward. Amen. And so, and so Abraham departed. And you know, I'm going to say this. As we're walking with God, our faith should increase. We should be increasing in our... In our and let me put it this way. Faith really equates to trusting God. And the, the longer we're with God, the more we should trust him. Amen. And so when we're in fear, fear is really, it's letting go of trusting God. Fear is really holding on to what you know in your own self. And so fear, in a sense, in a sense, it's not trusting God. It's not putting your full trust in him. You're putting your trust in yourself. And, and I know there's a process and we're all moving forward in the process. Amen. Amen. And so not we are. We are always having Abraham move forward in the process because Abraham, there was a famine. And he went to Egypt and his wife was gorgeous. You know, she was a beautiful lady and he knew she was a beautiful lady and he had some fear about the Egyptians killing him over his wife. Yes. So he said to his wife, I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> uh, can, do you tell them I'm your brother? 
and uh, because I don't want them killing me over you, and so you can preserve my life. Well, didn't God just say that He was he, that that if somebody tried to curse Him, God was going to curse? Yeah. Well, see, it hadn't been tested yet. He he only, he got a word from God, but he didn't really see God in action. Until the, you know, the, the king of, uh, or the pharaoh of, of Egypt had her in, you know, had, him, had her in the house, I guess part of the harem, and um, he hadn't touched her yet, but a plague came on that household. And then finally, the, the pharaoh got smartened up. He smartened up and he said, you know, there, there's something here that's not working, you know. He figured it was that Abram, that, that they were married. And so he, he said, what happened? You lied to me. You know, and, uh, and so, but the bottom line was that Abraham, listen, when we're in fear, we always try to save our own skin. It's called self-preservation. We're trying to preserve us. But God, listen, Jesus, listen, God will preserve you. In other words, you've got to put your tr- trust and faith and confidence that God will preserve you no matter how bad it looks out here. Amen. You've got to put your faith and trust and confidence that God will take care of you. Yes. That he will preserve you. Amen. And so in the process of time, it seemed like Abraham in his relationship with God started maturing. Because at one point, uh, his, his nephew uh, Lot was separated from him. And was taken in, was, was uh, taken captive by some king, by a king, and, and, and uh, was, uh, was kidnapped. And, and Abram heard about that. And he, instead of looking at his own self and trying to protect himself, he went after those people. And he, and he fought against these kings. And he won and he got Lot back. He was willing. See, listen, when you start understanding the love of God, you're going to sacrifice yourself for others. The Bible says here is to 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 live as Christ, to die as gain. Think about that. To live as Christ, to die is gain. And so, listen, we're not here to preserve our own personal lives. God will preserve you. As long as we're walking with God. And so, so Abraham, he, he matured in his faith. And that's where you get the story of King Melchizedek, which some say was an incarnate of Jesus appearing to him and having, you know, uh, bread and wine and having communion. And that's where, you know, he received a blessing. Amen. And then through the process of time, I want to say this. We can mess up when we're walking with God, but God is gracious. God is good. And Abraham messed up with with uh, with, you know, getting with his maid and, you know, and and getting an Ishmael. And, you know, God still his plan and his purpose was still on Abraham and Sarah. And even though they made a major mess up. How many people mess up in here every once in a while? Somebody say, thank God for grace. Thank God. God is a gracious God. Oh, he's more gracious than we give him credit for. Amen. He's so gracious to us. And even though he messed up, you know, it was a process of many years before God spoke to him again, you know. 
But finally, at 99, he said, straighten up, you know, walk before me. <laughs> Be right with me. Amen. And then he says this to Abraham. And he said, listen, and, and I'm going to give you a blessing. You're going to have that son that I promise you. And it's going to be through Sarah. Amen. And Sarah even laughed about it. Yes. And they ended up calling him Isaac, which means laughter. And I'm going to say this. Listen, as long as you don't give up on God, as long as you don't quit, as long as you keep pressing in, as long as you keep doing right, you're going to be laughing in the end. You know, you know, the Bible says weeping may endure in the night, but what joy comes in the morning. And there's a process of weeping when we serve God at times. I mean, it hurts to serve God at times. It hurts the flesh. It, it hurts when we have to, maybe we have to shun some people that, that, that aren't godly, that, that we may really enjoy fellowship. Maybe we might need to separate ourselves from some people that, that, that aren't, aren't good for us. Now, again, I'm not talking about your spouse, but what I'm saying is that you have to separate you, yourself from these influences that will try to destroy you. Amen. And it hurts. And but in the process of time, Abraham started learning about the faith. God is faithful. He's faithful to a thousand generations. Amen. God is gracious. He is faithful. Amen. It talks about that God will visit the iniquities of the fathers to I think some like I don't know how many generations, like seven or uh, eight, I don't know, it's, but, 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 but when God's faithfulness is to a thousand generations, think about how much greater God's grace is. God is gracious. He is more gracious to us than we give him credit for. Amen. He's gracious. Amen. And as, as Abraham, as Abraham walked with God, he, he matured in his faith and matured in the, in the place of trusting God. Listen, if you're in fear today, it's because you're not trusting God. You're not putting your faith and trust in him. And that's the key. The Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all that you do. And he will set the crooked places straight. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And he will set whatever. In other words, a lot of times what we do when we're in a place that we don't know what to do, we, we try to intellectualize it out. We try to figure out, oh, this is what I got to figure out. No, you might need to pray. You might need to humble yourself. You might need to look and get some direction from God. A lot of times we bust a move too fast. We move out too quick. You're better off moving slower than quicker in God. And we allow the and the flesh wants to do something. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I got to do something, man. I got to do something. Yeah, you got to wait on the Lord. That's what you got to do. Wait on the Lord. I don't have time to wait, Pastor. Then have an Ishmael. And it will really smell. You know what I'm talking about? You know, Ishmael, Abraham loved Ishmael. Abraham, this was his son. I mean, this is what he thought was his problem. He had to tell Ishmael and, and Hagar to leave. He had to say goodbye to, to Hagar. And, you know, it, it, it ripped his heart out. You don't, you don't think it hurt him? Abraham, Abraham didn't want to let go of Ishmael. 
But sometimes we got to let go of Ishmael to embrace our Isaacs. And I'm, I'm going to say this today. A lot of times fear doesn't want to let go of an Ishmael to get the Isaac. And the Ishmael is what the Bible talks about is of the flesh. You can make things happen from your flesh. But when God does some things in your life, when God really... See, you can get a car, you know, and buy a car on, uh, on credit. And you can say, well, that's the blessings of the Lord. Yeah, you owe, you owe, you owe. So off the work you go, right? That's the blessings of the Lord. Just a $500 a month payment for life, you know. But, but God can give you a car. God can give you, you can believe God and he can give you the finances. You can, you can buy a car debt free. Pastor, who are you talking to? <laughs> you can be out of your, you can be, you don't have to have a 30 year mortgage. You need to start believing God for, you need to get out of your box. Fear keeps us in a box and keeps us from moving forward. In God, fear will lock you down. Fear will keep keep you in a place where you don't want, you know, in a place that you hate, but you don't want to move further to get out of it. Anybody in a pl- anybody is in a place right now where they're uncomfortable? Good. You might need to get uncomfortable. You might need to start seeking God. Maybe that's a place. Brother Hagen was in a place where he was he was pastoring a church, and he it was probably the best church he's ever pastored, making the best money he's ever done. You know, the, the, people are getting saved, things are happening in church, and but he's not. You know, he's feeling kind of like you know, like he would say, washing his feet with his socks on. You ever wash your feet with your socks on? You, you will need some therapy if you do. But anyway, but uh, he said, it's like washing your feet when you're serving. You know, and he said, he just didn't feel right. And he started seeking God. And God said, well, you know, the reason why you don't feel right, because you were never called to be a pastor. Jesus. You're not in your calling. And some of us are, we're, we're doing some things, but we're not where God really wants us to be. And it's like washing your feet with your socks on. I want you a uh, uh, homework sign. Go home. <laughs> Wash your feet with your socks on. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And some of you know you, you know there's more. You know you, you you're living this life. You're doing the nine to five. Thank God you're taking care of your family. But you know there, there's more. Somebody say there's more. There's more. You know there's more, and, and you got this insight. You know there's more. There's greatness on the inside of each one of us. There's more. There's more that God wants us to be doing. And what we allow, we allow comfortability to trump what God wants in our life. We're comfortable. We get comfortable in our mediocrity. Listen, I put one finger to you, three fingers back. You know, I'm thinking, whoo, man, I saw something on TV the other day. And man, it, it stirred my heart. And I was like, wow. And it was this guy that was doing something and with ministry. And I'm like, man, I want to do what he does. You know, I think I could branch out, you know. And, you know, I, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Maybe start allowing my gift to move into another area. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm getting a little nervous. I don't know if I want to do that. Jesus. No, yeah, I want to do it. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I do. No, I don't. <laughs> Are you here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Well, we have a lady here, you know, one of our singers, you know, her son, you know, he, he's comfortable with allowing other people to drive him around. And she finally had to say, you got to get your license, son. You Bam, you know. 
Yes, mom. You got to get your license. You're going to get your license. I'm going to teach you how to drive. Now he's driving like the best of them. I mean, I'm not going to be on a road where he's at, but. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But the guy's driving now. I mean, we're in a we're in a society where where you can do too much for people. People can depend on you too much. And sometimes we, we, we become people's gods. We become their source. We become all that. No, no, God's your source. You know, a person might be a channel of blessing, but they're, don't look to people to be, your, to be your God. Don't look to people to be the ones. I preached on that last week. Don't look at. No, look to God. Look to God. God can make it happen. God can, can, can do whatever you need to make it happen. He's God. He can operate in the supernatural. And so we need to get out of our box. And a lot of us are in a rut. And you know what a rut is? It's, it's, it's a grave with the ends kicked out. A rut. And we need to get out of the rut. There's a story in, in, in Kings, 2 Kings, I believe, chapter 7. And, and, the, and the city of Israel, they were besieged. And they were blocked from getting any kind of food or supplies in. And, and the city was starving. And they were starving. And, I mean, it, it was a lot of nasty, you know, they were, they were like eating their young. It was really bad. And it was a bad situation. And there was these people that were in the city. And they, these were people that they were, they had a disease. They were leopards. They, they had a disease. And they were the outcasts of the city. They, they, nobody could mix with the leopards and, and these people had that disease and they were, and they were together and they thought, you know, we're starving, you know, you know, and they, you know, they said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, why sit here and die? And they spoke with one, it was three of them and they said, let's go to the enemy's camp and, you know, let's see what we can get some food. And if we die, we die, but let's just do something. And so they got up and they started moving towards the enemy's camp. And as they did, they didn't know if they were going to die or not. But as they did, they came to the enemy's camp and nobody was there. It was a bunch of horses, mules, all the provisions, and nobody was there. And they were shocked. And they started going into tents and they started eating food and they started living on the, man, this is awesome. And what happened was that when they started coming, what happened was that, that, that God c- caused the enemy to hear chariots and, and hear horses and, and, and caused the sound of that to come into the enemy's camp. And they thought Israel hired some people to come fight against them. And they got so scared that they left everything and ran. And think about this. See, to overcome fear, you just got to take a step towards the right direction. You got to take a step out of what you don't want into what you're believing God wants for you. And you just got to bust a move. You got to bust a move. You just got to start moving to inertia. You got you to just start doing it. Man, when I, when I, you know, I'm not a mechanic by any means, but I can look at YouTube. <laughs> right? And I'm not a mechanic, and I learned how to, you know, how to replace, uh, which is not really too hard, but for me, you know, uh, a starter on my car. And I, and I was able to do that. It did take me probably longer than the average person because I, because I took part of the starter off. 
Took three, it was belief, man. It had these small little screws and everything. Took me three hours. Then I found out it was these big bolts that only took, it would only took five minutes to do it. But, you know, but, you know, I, t- I have to start her to advance auto. And they said, where's the other part of it? Still on the car. He said, there's three big bolts. It'll take you five minutes to take that off. That's, it's just real easy. It's even Goober, Gomer Pyle could do this. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But now I did it. I put that new starter in after about four hours, half day. And I, and I cranked that car, and it worked. It works. Glory to God. I just saved a lot of money, you know. Had a lot of headache that day, but I saved a lot of money. So what do we, how do we overcome fear? We have to start moving towards what we're believing God wants us to do. You just move towards it. And as you do that, faith will start arising in your hearts. And pretty soon you start realizing, man, I can do something. That God is with me. Glory to God. That, 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 that I'm not going to let shame of my past to hold me back for the future that God has for me. I'm not going to allow my failures where, where I didn't go through or follow through on something. I'm not going to allow that to define who I am. No, I'm going to allow faith to rise up on the inside of me. And I'm going to start moving towards what God wants me to do. Amen. And as we start moving towards that, pretty soon faith start rises in our hearts, man. And all of a sudden, it just seems like things start to happen magically. When I was out of work many years back, you know, I was on unemployment and I hated it. And, uh, and you know, and I just, I, I woke up one morning and uh, the thought came to me, get your suit on. I said, all right, I'm putting my suit on. Go to the mall. I said, okay, I'm going to the mall. And, 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 then, and then the thought came, what, uh, where would you like to work at? And I thought, the nice, you know, I, at that time I used to work in jewelry. I, I got fired from a, or let go from a jewelry store. I said, I want to work in the best jewelry store in the mall. And I looked around, there was one that had a chandelier in it. It was the nicest jewelry store in the mall. And, and, and it took faith to go in there. That's where all the rich people shopped. So I went in, I, I worked at a two-bit jewelry store <laughs> before, and uh, not really, but, and I walked in that jewelry store, I said, are you hiring? And, and the lady, you know, the receptionist said, no, we're not hiring. I said, okay, and I walked out, oh, I turned around, and the boss saw me from the corner of his eye, and he told her to wave me back in. I came in, he looked at me, I was dressed to the nines, kind of like right now. <laughs> and, uh, and he saw, he, shot, he said, do you have a resume? I said, no. He said, you bring a resume in tomorrow. We'll see what we can do. I, brought a re- I, I had a resume made up that day. The next day I came in and gave him that resume. He hired me right on the spot. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? I was from, from working another job that I got laid off, and I, and, and I was paid more money working at the nicer shop. I went from a lower income to a higher income with less um, responsibility. God can do that. God can shift you. God can shift where you're at. But you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get out of this inertia. You've got to get out of this grave. You've got to start moving forward. You've got to start believing again. You have to start believing that you can get your house paid off. You've got to start believing that your cars can be paid off. You've got to believe. 
And you need to start taking the Word of God and standing on the Word of God and moving on the Word of God and allow that Word of God to overcome that fear that's trying to paralyze some of us. And you need to start moving into those places and watch the miracles of God operate in your life. That's how I got my house. Same thing. I got my house the same way in Virginia Beach. Somebody called me. I, I wasn't too sure. I moved on it. Had to make a bid for it. And you know what? Got a house. God is in the blessing business. He's looking to reward those who diligently seek him. Listen, he's going to reward you if you fast. He's going to reward you when you give. He's going to reward you when you pray. I'm telling you, he's a rewarding God. And I'm telling you, we're just, I'm, it's so awesome. I'm so looking forward to heaven. This isn't our home. Don't get too comfortable down here. There's going to be blessings in heaven we know not of. And what we pay down here, the price we pay down here to serve God is nothing compared to the glory that we're going to have in heaven with God. Start serving God. Start putting him first place. Shake off those shackles of fear. Shake off the shackles of shame. Shake off the shackles of intimidation. God's created you to be a king and a reign as a king in this life. Let's bow our in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we thank you, Father God. And we know that you're so good to us. Oh, that your grace is sufficient for us to walk in all that you've called us to walk in. And Father, I thank you for this congregation. I know there's some in here that, that are held and checked by fear. Fear is paralyzing some in here from moving forward in those things that God is calling them to do. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that your grace is, is able to break off any fear off of our lives. And Perhaps you're here in the audience or maybe you're watching online and, and you, you know, you're, you have a fear of serving God. You have a fear of what people may think. Listen, you know, when it comes to Judgment Day, you're not going to worry about what your critics think. It's, it, what matters is what does God think. And so really, this is what you need to do. You need to let go of the opinions of men and put your faith and trust in God. So if you're ready to move out of this place where you know you need to move out of. It's, it's a place that, a mediocrity, a place of, of um, defeat, and you're ready to go in victory. Just say this prayer after me and meet in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross and paid for my sins, and you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm making a decision today to receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I'm making a decision to serve you with all my heart. Heavenly Father, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 